0: Welcome to the People of Packaging Podcast, where we introduce people to the world of packaging and the people of packaging to the world. Here are your hosts, Adam Peek and Ted Tate.
1: All right, so we have another great episode of the People of Packaging Podcast coming your way with Brandon Schwartz from DrinkSmith. Uh, If you are watching the video, you can see DrinkSmith has sort of revolutionized how we uh, drink craft cocktails. Uh, They are doing some incredible virtual happy hour things where you can ship stuff around the US to certain states. Uh, You'll learn about how they developed the product and how they use packaging and uh, HPP processing and all sorts of stuff. So I hope you really enjoy it. Um, as always, this season has been sponsored by Doxalent. We're so grateful to doxalant for supporting us. If you need to level up your packaging specification management software, if you're wondering, like, how the heck did they manage all of these iterations to get to the Drinksmith packaging, head on over to peopleofpackaging.com. You support the podcast by downloading a free ebook. And uh, getting some incredible information about ways that you can level up your packaging game. So uh, please, please, please support the podcast and uh, do that. Peopleofpackaging.com. Now, here's Brandon Schwartz, the uh, co founder and head of marketing for Drinksmith. All right, so I am here with Brandon Schwartz on the people of packaging podcast I see you went to USC do you get sick of the Ohio State University because I do
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah sure I mean I uh like the lake like me being a Lakers fan I uh I mean I've got allegiance to USC too I guess I feel I feel proud to have come from there so yeah the answer is yes
1: Okay, it just drives me nuts whenever these players introduce themselves and they're like – like, I'll tell people that I went to the Colorado State University. Um, And just to – because, you know, nobody really cares about about Colorado State, but uh, I just – I don't know. It just always drives me me nuts when I hear the – like, when the emphasis is on – like, we are the best university in the state of Ohio. And I'm like, but you can't prove that. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, it reminds me of
0: that, that Key and Peel, that Key and Peele sketch, you know, which one I'm talking about?
1: The draft one?
0: No, the one where it's just, they go they go through, they have like five different versions of this with uh, just like going through all of the different ways that players introduce themselves. It's pretty good. I'll send you a
1: clip. Oh man, I can't wait. Yeah, my uh, my son and I watched the uh, the draft one uh, where they're all saying their names and it gets all the way to the end and it's like, Dan Smith, BYU. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, that is, I think that is the one that I'm thinking about. The draft. I always thought it was more like they are, they're like, you know, when you watch an NFL game and all the players go through and they say where they're from. And and then, like, some of them are, they'd like name their high school. And yeah. Like, what? Like, yeah. So, yeah. What's that? How old is your kid?
1: Uh, so I have five children. Uh, oh. I, I know. I know. Um, <laughs> I have five kids. I live in Utah and I have enjoyed your Drink Smith alcoholic beverages. As a, uh, not a, not a, not an adherent to the dominant faith of the state of Utah. Um, <laughs> Understood. Understood. And so, uh, yeah, so that's my 13 year old. So my kids are 13, 11, nine, seven, and five.
0: Wow. i have just got one. I can't even imagine having five. I've got one, 1.5 1. year old.
1: A 1.5. And they'll, they'll, uh, that half year, it starts to break off at about, eight i feel like they stop saying like i'm i'm seven and a half and then it's like i'm eight and then they're just nine like the half goes away soon
0: for sure yeah no i mean i get you gotta you gotta if, i can't say he's one you know because he's not he's like five he's like he's progressed farther, way further from where he was when he was one but for sure now he just says no that's all he knows that is, that's all he says that's the only kind of conversation we have. is he goes
1: no yeah. Pro pro parenting tip. You can still go with months at that age. So you can still say I have an 18 month old.
0: Yeah. But I get confused and I say, I end up saying like, yeah, this is my 15 uh, month year old or my like <laughs> my 12 year old. And I just like, I can't, I can't get it out of my heart.
1: All right. All right. All right. Well then we'll go with one and a half year old. Um, this has been the most interesting introduction I think I've ever had on the show. So uh, we've, it's, it's exciting that I think the rest of the interview is going to be even better. Um, so Brandon Schwartz is the founder of or co-founder, president. What's your official title at DrinkSmith?
0: Co-founder, president. Yeah.
1: All right. Pretty cool. Um, and, and I'm super excited to get into the packaging elements of your brand. And um, I, it's, as we kind of discussed right before the show, it's really cool as a packaging person to see a company really innovate and value packaging. And I, I can imagine there's going to be a lot of stories around that, but you've, you've invented your own packaging basically. And, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you didn't set out thinking we're going to have to invent our own packaging. Maybe you did. We can get into that uh, a little bit more in detail. Um, but I just think it's really cool. And I've got, uh, I've got a few, I've got a few examples here. I'm sure you do as well that we could show people. You guys are a tremendous follow on Instagram. I'm not a big Instagram person, But uh, I love seeing all of your all of your videos there. So kudos. uh, Kudos to you guys on that. Um, So obviously, uh, from the USC comments and the Lakers comments, you are in uh, the city of angels, right? LA? Yes, sir. Is that where you grew up?
0: Sunny Santa Monica. Yep. Grew up here in LA. Um, Little short stint in New York and then came back to LA.
1: Man, my uh, that's funny. My sister uh, similarly went to Grew up in Colorado, went to New York for a short stint, moved to LA, uh, yeah. and now she's actually here in Utah, which is a whole other fun story. Um, cool. So, uh, grew up in LA, um, and what was kind of your? Just maybe give us a quick idea of your background. Um, yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. Grew up in LA. You know, my uh, my my dad you know, always an entrepreneur. So I kind of just always had that entrepreneurial, like start a company, start a business, be independent type of vibe. I, um, you know, I ended up at USC and I, um, you know, I tried to get into like finance or real estate or, you know, entertainment, all these different areas. And then ended up just kind of being more attracted to the entrepreneurial side of it. So I graduated with a marketing degree and, you know, focus on entrepreneurial studies, doing a lot of like feasibility analysis and, you know, trying to even launch stuff while in college. And I didn't really have any great ideas back then. And then, uh, yeah, after, um, after college, I got involved with, um, a, C- a CPG startup, um, in the beauty business. That's where a lot of my background is. Um, and that company was, uh, just like a super viral product. You know, it was, uh, it, it was a hair care product. I was bald back then. So, uh, you know, there was no irony lost, you know, when I was <laughs> so about it, but yeah, I went from, uh, it went from you know ten thousand dollars a month to six million a month within the first six months of me being there, so that kind of like really you know like accelerated my uh yeah ism
1: yeah and that's good the ten ten thousand to six million is it's I, right. I mean maybe I don't know a lot about business uh a, but no, i don't know <laughs> yeah i think that I think that that would be that would be good um yeah, and for those of you who are not able to watch the interview uh, Brandon and I are both, uh, bald and proud of, proud of that situation.
0: You wear it well, my friend.
1: Thanks. Thanks. You as well. Although I got it, my, my beard's getting a little scraggly, so I gotta, I'm I gotta not trim that up
0: to have that kind of, that kind of ability right there. So you you just have more testosterone flowing through your blood. I don't
1: think I'm pretty sure it's not that, <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, right on. And what was the, um, actually I, I do have a question cause I, I want to, um, I want to get back to this to this hair care company, but what when you were in college, you mentioned real briefly that you had a bunch of ideas fail. What was the one idea that you're like, that was actually still a pretty good idea that you that you tried?
0: Oh my God. I mean, I don't know if I can really say that, to be honest. Like the one idea that I was really like dogged about that I can't even I can't even believe that I like even tried to really do feasibility on was this like vegan fast food restaurant where like you could drive you could drive through and you could get like any all any and all of these like vegan um you know like happy meals and such but yeah no it was like i didn't know anything about running a restaurant and like it just is i feel I, my feasibility tests show that i shouldn't i shouldn't i shouldn't do this like my, you never
1: started it though i never started it oh, no. okay good i was like wow that was
0: no yeah no it was terrible i didn't have any great ideas when i was in college honestly and at that time everyone was doing like apps and tech and i was i always felt you know like i should go places where people are not really competing and and like try and get into areas where like no one's really and i feel like a lot of people are doing that now you know you go all these like millennializing of these super commodity items Mm -hmm. and um you know uh you know it, that no one was ever thinking like oh let's make a really ergonomic nail clipper you know <laughs> and it's like, bam it's a 50 million dollar company you know so i didn't back then i was like uh, everyone was making apps and i was like oh, i'll do fast food you know and now I, I just i didn't know what i was doing now i now i still don't know what i'm doing but I'm a little bit better
1: yeah yeah well that's awesome i i had a I was in middle school and i had this project that i had to do i'll never forget this moment so i took these uh soda cans and i cut them up the the aluminum and i took tape and i made like finger snowboards and i i sold these things around my school to people for you know whatever and i made hardly any money because i was just making them by hand and we would like snowboard yeah then i grow up and i see the it's like a whole thing and i was so pissed i was like dude this is like a billion dollar idea Oh, yeah. I thought of just cutting up soda cans. So maybe sometimes uh, to really young kids, uh, I'm encouraging my kids as well. I'm like, start early, you know, try it's to like, try to start businesses like
0: Newton and the other guy who started calculus, you know, just yep. different sides of the earth. You know, you, you thought of it independently. So I think it still counts.
1: I, it I, kind of does. It, I think that the, what is that? What's that company? Tech decks. Tech uh, Tech.
0: Yeah, man. It's yeah. Just, that got me through middle school.
1: Yeah. So you're welcome. Is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Me in circa 1993, 94, I was already cutting up soda cans. So I, I need some royalties from tech decks is what I'm trying to say. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. So the,
1: uh, uh, this, the hair care company, so you joined them as a marketing and then moved into ownership or how did that whole thing work? Uh, no, actually I didn't, I didn't end up owning the company. Okay. I,
0: my friend's brother started it. You know, I got out of USC. I had done a bunch of, you know, internships uh, that I realized, you know, we're in industries I never wanted to get into. And, um, you know, just was kind of lucky enough to talk to my friend who said, Hey, look, my, my brother, you know, um, has this company that, um, is kind of starting to take off. It's got some legs and they need like a full-time person to be there to help them run it. And, uh, you know, at that time there was, it was, there was really no one there. It was just like a phone that would get answered sometimes by someone from another business that was inside of, you know, he had another business that was inside and we used their, you know, we used their empty space for this hair care company. The company is called Brazilian blowout. Oh yeah. Yeah. It became huge. And, um, yeah, I was, I was, uh, the first, first person there in the office. Um, and really the business model was just like, Hey, let's turn the phones on. (laughs) Um, you know, that's how, that's how it all kind of started. And, uh, you know, I was, I was, uh, you know, taking inbound phone calls, making outbound phone calls, um, getting people's credit card numbers and running them, you know, um, going into the, uh, going into the, uh, the warehouse and packaging things up and shipping them, you know, even delivering them myself sometimes. And then it quickly accelerated the product, you know, the product was like a really big deal for, for people who struggle with frizzy hair. And what it did was it, Basically, um, it um, it glued on a, a layer of protein that made the hair more structurally huh. um, integral, I guess is the best way to put it. And the hair would bend less. That's the root problem with frizz. And you get this like frizz-free smooth hair that would last for three months. And you, you really could just walk out of the shower and it looked beautiful. Wow! Um, so yeah, it blew up. And I, I went from like customer service and like kind of like the inbound, you know, shipping to you know launching distributors and um really managing distributors and you know doing that whole thing and the company just kind of blew up under my feet i was just lucky enough to be there and get cool you
1: know,
0: bird's eye view in a lot of different parts of the business
1: and then is that what sort of encouraged you to uh because you started your it looks like you started is it unwashed is that what the name of the company was yeah
0: yeah okay. it is well i got i left there i left the beauty business and i i thought I should get into tech, you know, tech seems cool.
1: Yeah. That's what everyone's doing.
0: Yeah. And then I realized again, like, oh yeah, no, like I can't compete in this area. There's just like way too many, like, even if you do have a great idea and concept and you do even execute it, it's still difficult. So I ended up getting back in the beauty business and started my own hair care company. I was still bald back then. And, uh, you know, I, uh, myself and funny enough, another bald Partner, we uh, we started this hair care company with the idea of um, making alternative to soap cleansing products for the hair. Um, hmm. So that was like the main that was the main core tenant of the the product line. And uh, yeah, we ended up getting into some pretty cool retailers, and we sold it twice actually, which is pretty crazy.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, cool. And so you can kind of build. I mean, it's it, the reason why I think that's important is um, like you've been able to. I'm sure really build upon each foundation, you know, one is seeing rapid rise and growth. And then what is it like to take something from ideation to uh, you know, a funding event where you, where you sell a business. Um, That's, those are two experiences. I don't think a lot of people can, can say that they have. And so, you know, to be able to then take that and, Launch where you're at right now which is at drink smith um is it's is just the two of you you and lawrence
0: oh no at this point we have like 12 full-time employees
1: okay did you guys co-found it or did you have other yeah we founded okay. together um, uh, real quick how did you how did you and lawrence meet
0: we met each other in college um okay. both usc graduates he ended up staying staying at sc for a few years in the lost the law um school and uh got his law degree and i ended up you know doing some entrepreneurial stuff while he was there. And then we kind of combined forces after he graduated.
1: Cool. And 12 employees is, again, that's not a, you know, I think everyone has these, like, at least entrepreneurs tend to sometimes have these like big grandiose ideas, but it's like getting to like where you have 12 people where like you are responsible is, is a, is not, thats not an easy task. Um, So, I mean, from, from where you came from to where you're at today, it has got to feel good. But also knowing like, uh, you got to be looking at that runway going like, yeah, but this is, this is just the 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 very beginning of where this thing's headed, right? Totally.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, every day, I'm like, Oh, my God, I just I hope everyone's excited to be here. Like, I think some people are like, Oh, I have employees, I, I need to like, crack the whip. I think more so like myself and Lawrence are like, thank you for being here. We need the help. (laughs) Please don't leave. Yeah. Uh, So no, but I think they're all excited about it and there's, they all see the same vision that we do. Like, you know, craft cocktails for everyone, you know, at home. Um, that's, it's cool, you know, for the, for this category, nothing like this has ever been done before. So, uh, you know, everyone's really excited about it and sees, sees.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is your, uh, this is your realization of the, the principle inside of you. That's like the blue ocean, like <laughs> I'm going to go out and start a vegan fast food restaurant, but instead you probably <laughs> discovered something a lot better. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know this one's, I mean, honestly, this one's probably, I don't know the vegan fast food thing probably would be pretty difficult to do. So I, I would say this one's easier, but still not without its challenges.
1: Yeah. So let's get into it. Uh, so I've got, uh, um, I've got one of your products. Uh, oh, hang on. It's
0: right back here.
1: I know I saw that over your shoulder and I'm yeah. to it
0: up. Yeah. I- so honored to be there.
1: Oh man. It's so cool. Um, because it, it just, it, it embodies for me, at least it embodies, uh, so much of the cool stuff about packaging. Like, um, like you said, you know, everyone's getting into tech and everyone gets into these, like, you know, these whatever industry, these like new sexy industries. And I'm like, where are all the young people in packaging? That's part of the reason I started the podcast, uh, with Ted, almost three years ago, is we were like, we need to create, we need to go meet people where they're at and tell cool stories and talk about rad stuff. Um, because packaging is a really incredible industry. It's a trillion dollar industry. And at the time, there was not a single podcast. And it just seems so like mundane to people. But I'm like, there's cool stuff happening all oh, yeah. across this industry.
0: Sure. I mean, you, there's a million trade shows you can go to and just get your head blown, you know, by just like seeing what people are up to in their little nooks and crannies of the world. You know? Yeah. There,
1: I went to a trade show once. It's called the, hang on, I'm going to get it wrong. It's huge though. It's the International Poultry Processing Expo, the IPPE. So it's a trade show for people who want to process poultry meat. And it's huge. That's I, one. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's another one I go to, I go to uh, Italy. Well, not anymore, but I used to go to Italy for uh, Cosmoprof, you mm-hmm. know, uh, it's really kind of in the beauty business. And that was like, they had like, you can know, take a typical convention with like, you know, in like a stadium or something like that, 40X the size of of that. And then they're two, they do two huge trade shows a year. Um, one is for beauty and the other one is for pottery. Wow. And it's like, it's nuts. I mean there's a lot going on. There's a million there's a million people out there who are just, you know, trying to figure out how to make cool stuff. So, um, I like to, I like to be able to have something in my hand I can hold and say like, "Hey, here it is." And instead of like, "Oh, here's here's a website and here's an app and the code is somewhere, I don't even know where it is."
1: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Uh so we've got this uh and and there there's a you guys like I said do a great job on Instagram kind of showing you know what what, what to do, you know, that this bottom is, is, you know, it's twistable um, and it, it holds some uh, this is HPP process. Is that correct? It's a yeah. cold pressed juice. Correct. And then the alcohol is filled up here and then there's some sort of wizardry around which this is all put together. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then it's, it's, you know, it, it's super cool. Yeah. It, uh, labels applied. So um, you've been at this for what, over five years,
0: Yeah, five years.
1: How long did this thing, this bottle take to develop? And how many iterations do you think you went through?
0: Oh, man. I mean, 15 or so different iterations on it. I mean, pretty much at the end of each one, though, we were like, yes, this is the one. You know, even the first one, we were like, this is going to work. And then it was like, we put it through high pressure processing. And it was like, hey, guys, it didn't work. (laughs) And we're like, oh my god you know so there was a definitely like a lot of trial and tribulation around it um yeah i can talk more about it if you want yeah
1: no i mean for sure let's let's dig into it because that's kind of i mean that's what people anybody who's listening to a podcast about packaging um is probably like oh that's a pretty cool story about your healthcare company and (laughs) yeah he went he's from la but let's talk about this crazy two-part HPP combined with alcohol, twisted on yeah. bottle, like so. Did this take you guys? Uh, I mean, how many years do you think it took just to come up with a, f- at least where you're at today? Because I'm guessing even today you're like, yeah, there's still some things that we want to keep working on.
0: Yeah, for sure. We have a bigger size that we're coming out with, but yeah, the um, the uh, you know the initial so. Me and my business partner Lawrence, we, um, you know, we were looking at areas that we could, you know, exploit some white space in, and we saw that the ready-to-drink cocktail arena was sort of lacking innovation. The alcohol industry in general sort of lacking innovation around that time, you know, you know, companies would put like a spice in their rum and be like, "Look how innovative!" And you'd be like, "Yeah, I don't know." Especially coming from the beauty business, where it's like you do have like this crazy focus on packaging and unique positioning and functionality and. And then, you know, all the marketing and stuff after that, you know, it was interesting to kind of have all of that in my backpack, in our, in my back pocket, um, you know, to bring to the table. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, we, we, Lawrence and myself, we kind of, you know, we're big cocktail aficionados, knew a lot of the bars um, and uh, bartenders. And we knew like, hey, it's really difficult to actually like make what this person can do behind the bar at home. You know, you got to have all these ingredients and you got to know what you're doing and even though like i love craft cocktails i'm not really great at making them i mean at this point i probably I'm, i'd probably make a good you know drink or two for you but bottom line is like the average person is not really going to invest in the understanding learning you know acquiring all this stuff to be able to just like, right. at a moments notice like hey let me make a cocktail for you yeah
1: so, yeah and that's
0: honestly the person who does do that more power to you like we're not trying to trying to like replace that please make drinks it's awesome but um yeah. We, um, we were like, well, how, how should we do this? And honestly, the idea for the bottle kind of came out like right away. Cause you know, I I was in the beauty business and I kind of realized, you know, the the impact that packaging has on, yeah, you know, we're in the business of fashion really, you know, mm-hmm. gotta look cool. It's gotta be eye catching and you know, with marketing too, it's gotta be visual and you need to have all of these things, you know, on your, on your, in your product that can signal to people what the benefits are. So you know, separating the ingredients we knew was important. Like, hey, do you think that like a mixed drink is going to taste good sitting, you know, all together pre-mixed for for you know a couple months? No, nah, it's not. So, yeah. separation was important. You know, just kind of intuitively. So that in really like the first couple conversations, we we're like, yeah, we need to have a dual chamber bottle. And then you know, we um, our our you know our core question was like, hey, what is the reason? You know, in general, why people can't have great tasting drinks in a bottle. And it was like, well, because they're not using fresh ingredients. Like, you, what you get at the bar at a great craft cocktail bar is using fresh ingredients. And you know, the difference between that and what's in a, in, in a typical can or bottle is, um, you know, they're using preservatives, they're heat pasteurizing the product, they're using artificial ingredients. So, of course, it's not going to taste like mm-hmm. what you get at the bar. So, you know, we knew we had to use fresh ingredients. We knew we wanted to keep the fresh ingredients like, maximizing the taste um the color the texture you know the the aroma of it so that required it being separate but then the the bigger a lot of people really like that twist component too you know keeps it separate you twist it it's engaging makes you kind of like a bartender yourself but you know the 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 bigger innovation really was okay how do we put this through high pressure processing it was difficult you know to find the the right type of you know manufacturer that could help us do this you know right and a lot of people in the in the alcohol industry they when they when they go after trying to make a ready-to-drink cocktail they're kind of coming at it from like a distillery standpoint they're like how do we make this in our distillery and it's like well you're not really going to be able to do a fresh product in a typical distillery setup so we sure. we ended up acquiring the licensing to manufacture and handle alcohol at our juice co-packing facility and they do they not only do they fill but they do this high pressure processing so we needed to figure out okay cool like what's the mechanism that we use to separate and mix the product um and this iteration that you that you have in your hands it has a plug that basically threads up um a, a neck on the inside of the bottle so as you twist it this there's this moving cap that threads up and it creates this this opening for the two liquids to mix we tried different mechanisms too before that like you know um like a grate and you would twist and then it would pull up a grate and then it would mix this way, you know, and I'm doing horizontally now. Sure. It's, um, you know, and, and it, it, you know, ultimately this plug was the simplest way to um, you know, to, to make the product work under the high pressure processing. And then a lot of different kind of um, tinkering around with different thicknesses and rigidity and um, you know, different resins um, you know, so that way it could go through that, that eighty five thousand pounds per square inch of high right, it's per no second. joke. No joke. Yeah, I mean those machines are millions of dollars. You know, they're as, they're as big as like an apartment. You know, they <laughs> like they they yeah. And basically, the the bottles go into these. I want to say they're they're tanks, but they're not really tanks. They look like canoes or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, they're like they're like these big tubes that you just stuff the bottles into. You you can't stuff another bottle into the tube. And then they shut the tube. They have like this, it's like a, maybe it's like, maybe canoe is not a good, it's like a submarine or something. And then they, they shut it. And then they, and then there's these uh, ports for water that they just pump water into the tube um, with all the bottles. And this, this water is pumped in at 85,000 pounds per square inch. And the pressure, it, it basically with the way that we built, made the bottle, it, it flexes, the, the plastic flexes without breaking And then the pressure kind of transfers through the plastic and it inactivates the microbes that are on the inside of the juice. So you get, um, you know, you, you get about five months before the microbes basically explodes the microbes. And then the microbes, you know, over time, they can put themselves back together, so to speak, and then proliferate and then spoil the juice. So right now we get, we get um, five months and we're doing a new shelf life study that'll probably show it's closer to seven months of um, refrigerated shelf life and the drinks stay fresh don't have to use artificial ingredients, no preservatives. Um, yeah. And yeah, the taste, the sensorial nature of the juice is preserved, um, you know, without having to use all that nasty stuff that makes the stuff taste different.
1: Dude, that's so awesome. Um, and I love your description. Um, it's, uh, it, it's the, the HPP process is fascinating to watch. Yeah. Um, and, you know, fortunately, I've been able to work with company, press use companies and, uh, fresh, uh, ready-to-eat meal companies that use HPP. Right. And it's, it's just, it's such an innovative technology. But the, I think the cool part about it, and I, I, won't, I won't get too hung up on this topic, but connecting um, fresh ingredients, so a quality product with a long shelf life is, it, it has such an advantage when it comes to uh, curbing food loss. So HPP has done incredible yeah. work because so much food gets thrown out, it's like forty percent of all of our food and beverages that are manufactured end up yeah. getting tossed, and so when you can extend out the shelf life yeah you give you give so much more ability for somebody to enjoy to enjoy it fresh instead of I and mean, imagine if you had to pack this thing out and you had two weeks to sell it like be impossible We'd yeah never you can't buy- you would you you would have no business model, you'd have a vegan fast food <laughs> restaurant is what you'd have
0: um maybe not not even who,
1: who, that would be difficult too so it'd yeah. be super difficult so uh, I'll, I'll drop the vegan fast food restaurant but i'm still fascinated by it. so <laughs> no <we> uh <laughs> the um so it's cool that and, and it's only the bottom part that goes through hpp yeah
0: yeah um basically what happens is the the bottles the bottles so it's our it's our patented it's patented um you know we're in the patent pending or 28 out of 29 of the, the claims have been uh, favorably approved at this point. So we're pretty confident we're going to win the cool. overall. but, um, yeah, the bottle comes in pieces, um, from our, from our manufacturer. So the bottom gets, um, we, 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 we draw in all the fruit, um, same day or night before from farms around LA, um, And then we, um, we fill it, we, well, we batch it first. So there's, you know, there's different mixes for the different drinks, different kinds of ingredients that we're mixing with the fresh stuff. Um, You know, so we will batch it. And then, you know, on a typical day we'll do like, you know, six, six or seven different recipes Um, you know, big, I'm sure you can imagine what it looks like in -hmm. a facility. It's like huge tanks and just like we're pouring and mixing with huge, you know, mixing implements. and And this is
1: a contract manufacturer, right. That you, it's a partner of yours.
0: Yeah, they're um, they're in Long Beach. They're called Calpac. They're pretty well known. Yeah. Um, juice co-packer. Um, awesome. Our licensed though to handle all the the liquor for their on their location. And yeah, they uh, we fill the bottom um, and then uh, we fill the bottom. We have a you know we have a, a torquing machine that torques down the the moving cap on top of the bottom chamber. Um, and then they get they get trucked down to um, Calpac's uh, sister facility. It's called um, high pressure processing food systems. Um, that's right in like Wilmington, and they um, they put all the bottles into the high pressure processing. Um, you know, and a few days later, um, it comes back to Calpac where um, the rest of the bottle gets assembled and filled with the liquor. So the the, the small chamber comes back we have a pneumatic press that we take the um the top chamber it's like a sleeve almost and it gets pressed down onto the bottom mm. and then it goes onto the filling line um you know injected with the uh the liquor and then um you know capped and then stored at 51 degrees
1: yeah that's that's crazy and how much of this equipment did you guys have to custom build
0: yeah um you know their filling line um is theirs right uh, we had to bring in, and obviously the the high pressure processing, you know, we would we would have not invested into that. It's sure dollars, and you got to have licensing and all that kind of stuff. But the um, you know, we have a, we have a pneumatic press that um helps to assemble and push down the bottle. Mm-hmm. You know, I will pay you a thousand dollars if you can break that bottle. Honestly, that thing <laughs> that, that thing is. I
1: tried. They when I was on, I was I was telling you before the call, I was on with a bunch of people from the IOPP who are all packaging engineers, and they were like, they were literally like like take that thing apart and so i was like i ripped off the label so i've got this uh, this is i had the bourbon sour so i had this label sitting here i don't know what happened to the empty bottle i was like guys i can't get this thing apart
0: oh yeah it's impossible you can't break it
1: it's no no i'm like i don't know what this is sealed with but it's it's like fort knox trying to get into this thing
0: i've had like like bodybuilders that i've been like just try to challenge them to break it just because i thought it would be a cool video but um yeah you know they don't they're impossible to break at this point um so yeah the um the uh wait what was it that we were just talking? well about? i was
1: just asking about like because it seems like there's there's like the filling right that would be yeah. standard the customized i was thinking was that kind of torquing oh yeah the machines the machines, machines yeah. yeah um yeah
0: and then we have the we have the pneumatic press so that's one thing we get that from uh, connects um you know so make, they make some good uh, machinery and then we, um, we have, um, this, uh, this like a uh, Chuck capper, basically with a custom head that basically, um, you know, basically will come down and torque. Cause you can't, you just can't torque it by hand. Like you can't, you can't push it down fat hard enough. So, yeah. uh, so yeah, so we have a couple of machines, they're modular. So they just go onto the filling line and, uh, they don't end up using them for any other clients because sure. they just don't, they don't make sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's the only, it's the only, you know, there, there's plenty of, uh, you know, Sixteen ounce Boston rounds out there yeah. that are getting filled, but this is the only of this thing that I've seen oh, yeah. um so a couple questions uh and then we'll we'll actually be at the end, which is crazy, so it's gone yeah. quick yeah. um so i I love the the mixology inspired by yeah, so are these the um like in this one it's charity k Johnston, so you give her you know, you shout her out on, I'm guessing it's her Instagram handle. Uh, Are these the local bartenders that you went and talked
0: to? Yep. Yep. So we have, um, at this stage, we've got like 15 or almost 20 different people that all have their own drinks, um, you know, attached to their name, um, their likeness. They end up making content for us. We end up advertising from their accounts. They get a piece of every sale. Um, you know, especially now with the pandemic and everything, a lot of bartenders are out of work. So I know killer way for them to kind of, you know, extend their, uh, extend their brands too. So yeah, every drink has a bartender. We're stoked about that.
1: That's awesome. I love, uh, I, I think that I, I I'm a big fan of the, the, the human connection that packaging can make. So there's already a human connection because you're requiring me to participate in the manufacturing of your product. So I feel like I'm doing this, like we're doing this together, me and you, right. me and me and charity, we made a drink together, right? Yeah. Um, so that's cool. But it's also awesome that you guys are, you know, giving back to, the, to the, the bartending community, like you said, especially now, I'm guessing five years ago, if you predicted five years ago that we would have COVID-19 in 2020, yeah. then uh, I need to ask you about some stock advice, uh
0: no i didn't
1: you didn't set out obviously you didn't set out to be like a secondary income for bartenders i'm sure that that sort of has come
0: that was actually like you know before we uh i mean obviously didn't didn't understand quite the impact that that would have for some of them especially you know not being able to work behind the bar during the pandemic so but yeah we I thought, you know, we didn't know how to, we did we weren't like great drink makers. So like that, that we needed to consult different bartenders mm. to understand how to make the products. And then it was like, it kind of feels natural just to say that we did it with them um, because we did, they're all, they all originated the recipes. So it was like, we'll put you on the bottle. Like, that's awesome. It just, it just, just felt it was just natural. Yeah. Together like that.
1: That's awesome. Uh, okay. So two more questions and we'll wrap it up. Um, did you, uh, when, when you were developing the bottle, um, were, were, did you guys use any kind of like packaging engineer to consult with, or were you relying upon the manufacturers of the bottle? Cause this is, there's a ton of engineering that goes into this bottle. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, so at what point in time were you engaging? We have a lot of packaging engineers who listen yeah. to that. And by the way, if, if you, how many states are you guys in now? 30?
0: 32 states.
1: So uh, go to go to their website. I'll make sure to tag it in the in the podcast. But if you can order this in your state, you should definitely do it. If you're especially if you're a packaging engineer, because this will become your favorite. Not only does it taste amazing, but it's it's an engineering. I mean, it's it's so cool. So at what point did you have to start really relying heavily not only on bartenders for the drinks, but then also packaging engineers to help you develop this? Yeah, well,
0: luckily, you know, with my with a previous beauty experience. I had made some, pa- some custom packaging there. And so I already was really tight with, um, an engineer. Um, he awesome. made it, he's a partner in the company. So, um, super committed and, and, um, we had a manufacturer that we were really close with as well. Um, so, you know, he was involved from the very beginning. We, that's we awesome. It, hey, we want to make this dual chambered bottle. It's going to have to go through high pressure processing <laughs> and, uh, go. And so yeah. he started
1: that You're going to have a whole lot of packaging engineers clapping right now because uh, there there's a sense, and I'm sure that your your business partner has gone through this before, there's a feeling with packaging engineers that they're always kind of brought in at the last minute. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where it's yeah. like all of a sudden somebody goes, oh, guys, we got to get this thing made. So, you know, marketing and branding and everyone's thinking about it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we didn't get our packaging engineer involved and they're all sort of just tossed yeah. in at the last second. And it's awesome that you guys are like, no, we're bringing you in as as a business partner. You know, we we are we're fully aware. I just I, I, the the democratization of responsibility in your companies, I'm sure, something that has really led to a lot of your success, right? Because oh, yeah. you just are like, can you like, you're an engineer, and sure. if you can help us out, then you can participate in in the gain of the company.
0: Yeah. he's, he's the coolest guy. I mean, he's, uh, I, I think he's a genius. I don't know if he would call himself one, but the guy just, the guy just like has a ton of experience. His name's Cliff. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a mistake. If you are, if you are focused too much on your, if you're trying to make like a legit product and, you know, packaging is, is, is like the core tenant of it that needs, that needs to be there to power the whole thing and you don't, you, you focus more on pretty pictures and fonts and colors. Yeah. You're not going to have a good time. No. Like we, the brand and the marketing and all that stuff is 100% secondary to like the product itself. We're like, Hey, the idea is like, Hey, we want to make the best product possible. So yeah. You know, the engineering, if you're, you know, if you're really serious about making a great product and you know that you have to engineer something, you definitely need to have that person be a part of the conversation because it's insane how the even the smallest changes the implications that they have. I mean, you you'd think like, oh yeah, like we went to the moon and whatever, you know, nineteen whatever. And uh, sorry, I shouldn't
1: know. Like <laughs> I it's nineteen sixty something. something. Yeah. I yeah. feel like it looks like Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber. Like <laughs> we landed on the moon. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know, you think it'd be, Oh yeah, it's so easy. Just, you know, you slap a little bit
0: of this and you slap a little bit of that and bam, you got yourself a package. No, it's like, no. like you, you change one thing on that and it has far reaching implications. So it's like you need to have the engineering, especially at the beginning, you, you, it's just like, it, just to go back to that analogy, you go, um, with the, with the moon landing and everything with uh, what's the thing with a rocket, you know, if you're, if you're two inches off, Oh yeah. You know, at the beginning with your trajectory, you know you're and that's the difference between ending up like in this part of space versus that part of space right that's how it is with uh with that's how it was with this and that's how it is with i I think a lot of packaging so you got to be you got to really respect and honor that
1: yeah no doubt uh brandon this has been incredible uh the time has certainly flown by for me so um (laughs) i hope i hope it has for you uh what are some ways like what's maybe like what's the, what's the future look like? Like what's your next big idea for Drinksmith? And then how can people engage with your brand? I've already mentioned Instagram. So what are some other ways? So kind of what's the, like, what's the, you mentioned a bigger bottle, yep. you know, something like that. So where are you guys going and how can people connect and follow that? Definitely follow us on, uh, on Instagram, um,
0: or check out our, our website. You know, I would encourage you to try and purchase the product if you're listening to this. Um, but yeah, we, uh, Biggest, uh, big, biggest plans, you know, for us are, you know, we, right now, a lot of this is happening online. So we want to get into, into stores and you know, launch internationally, um, cause we think that the technology and approach to making cocktails is good for, you know, everywhere. Um, so we're excited about that. And then this summer we're launching a, um, 750 ml bottle. It's huge. And, um, you know, definitely some concerns around how easily it will be, um, able to be twist, but twisted, but bottom line is we're launching that sucker. Um, 750 ml it's like it's like you know four times the amount of of liquid inside of it it's got a whole different it's it's got the same technology on the twist but um, a little different aesthetic so yeah i'll 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 send you a picture of it that's
1: awesome man that's so cool um well i'll make sure to put in the show notes your website your instagram uh you know shout out to cliff the packaging engineer sounds like we got to get him on at some point in time too yeah Uh, i'm sure he could uh he could wax poetic on some stuff so uh, super cool, Brandon. Thank you so much for being on. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, nice to meet you. I'm, I, I feel flattered to have. I feel lucky. I'm, I'm happy. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the People of Packaging podcast. Uh, remember, you can support our podcast by going to peopleofpackaging.com and getting your free ebook from Doxalent. Please also remember to support Drinksmith by going to d r n x m y t you can also find them on instagram they have great products they're great people and they're doing some incredible things in the industry so be sure to support a local business that's doing some awesome things until next week thanks